So we're back and we're going to do a little bit of criticism or a take on the nature of a few things with regards to CrossFit competitions, unknown and unknowable and constantly varied. And the take is that I won't speak for Matt. My take is that we just talked for an hour about what the sport is. And Matt, you have the NBA example that you're going to bring up, but this way of structuring competitions where the events are always changing and there's no guidelines as far as what there, there are parameters, but it's super wide open and the emphases changes from competition to competition. And what ends up happening is there's a ton of credit and emphasis that gets placed on the event organizers and on the judges. And that is all attention that gets taken away from the athletes. No, I, 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 that's, that's the take. It's a great take, but I think we maybe would want to go an inch or two further on that. We were just talking offline about the NBA playoffs since that's happening. And the entire focus is on what the players are, and are going to do in the game and the game itself. Like I, I happen to think Boz is a good guy who's given most of his adult life to the sport and he deserves a lot of credit for that. But why do we know who he is? <laughs> like the casual NBA fans don't know who the head of officiating for the NBA is, who the head referee for the NFL. No one knows who these people are. No one knows. And those guys, it doesn't matter. Like they're still making a living being the head of officiating. It's an important job. But like people mm-hmm. want to know what Patrick Mahomes is going to do. Mm-hmm. Not what some official in New York, I don't know who it is, some mm-hmm. official in New York City is going to do. Yeah. So the the idea that there's so much emphasis given to who's designing the workouts and how are they designed misses the mark the magic in other sports is the talent of the athletes and in some cases the strategy of the teams and the coaches against each other or within an event it's not about what's the test going to look like today and i think that detracts from the athlete excellence now i feel like you should always try to see things from the other side so the other side is like but we're finding new and novel ways to test them all right fine I understand that. It's not a completely pointless argument, but there have been enough tests over time that we sort of know how to test for fitness. If they don't know after 13 years of opens, they're never going to know. Mm-hmm. So, and, and the other thing that's kind of a counterpoint to that is the same champions keep winning. So how are the tests really changing? Like it's, it's, it's possible to make a test in which Matt Fraser didn't win the CrossFit game. Just do a ton of rowing and wall balls and running. Like it's easy to make a test where you can pick the different winners. So the fact that so much emotional energy and time and podcast minutes are given to like what the events are doesn't happen in any other sport. And I think it's to the detriment of this because we're talking mm-hmm. about like what did Bosman and his team do? And this is not about Bosman or Dave Castro in the past. It was their job, so they did it. And they made a real sport that I competed in, and I loved it. But we're talking about, like, what's this test like? What's that test like? 
and it takes the focus away from the athlete's performance on the floor. It always like it always puts a context around their performance. Like, well, Guy did really well in that because it's weightlifting. Okay, but Guy was bad. Like, let's just let the events happen. So I'm 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 with you on that. I don't love uh, I don't love the focus on like the officials and the creators. I think it's it's energy that's takes away from what really matters, which is the fact that these athletes are doing tasks and combinations and sequences that are not seen elsewhere. And that like CrossFit athletes have become real athletes in the sense of high level inspiring performances. And, but there's a lot of talk about like, well, it's 20 overhead squats. Why are we talking about that? So I'm with you on this. Yeah. And I think there are things that are downstream of this that are worth Mm -hmm. mentioning. So the the attention, we talked about that and how it goes from the athletes to whoever the organize, organizer yeah. is, whoever the head judge is, yeah. whoever's criticizing the judges, right? whatever, you know. And yeah, as an advocate for the athletes, you, you want to see more attention put on the athletes. They're the ones mm-hmm. sacrificing. They're the ones mm-hmm. performing. Mm-hmm. They're the ones giving their lives to this. And yeah. they should be rewarded for that. And... Agreed. We want to see the growth of the sport. Right. And there's something really profound about the chasing of human potential that's happening inside of CrossFit. Absolutely. Absolutely. And being the master of none and being multidisciplinary. And so there's a lot there. A there's lot. a lot there. And when you when you say you have to climb this rope this many times. Mm-hmm. You have to do it legless. You have mm-hmm. to start seated. Mm-hmm. Those are all constraints. And mm-hmm. I use this example when we were offline, but my yeah. grandparents watch American Ninja Warrior. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They've never done an obstacle course in their life. Right. But it's self-evident. Yep. And so yep. another downstream effect of constraints is you make the sport more esoteric. You make it more difficult to understand. Yes. For people on the outside of it. And so for all of our talk about community and the insiders and the outsiders, if the, for the sport to grow, we need to appeal to the outsiders. And when you apply when you apply constraints to the sport, like you were saying, it, oh, the three-point line has moved back. The, the rim is higher. And Steph Curry's shooting percentage went from 50% to 25. It's like, Everyone would be furious whenever there's whenever the ref blows his whistle in the last two minutes of a game. There's an there's an uproar from fifty percent of the spectators. So, yes, that, that those are bad outcomes. What you want to see is Steph hit the buzzer beater. You know that he's practiced a hundred million times. So, the, yeah. So yeah. there are all sorts of ways that and and to go back to the American Ninja Warrior example, are you wet or are you dry? You're in the pool or you're not. Right. You're in the pool or you're right. not. And yeah. you, you made it from point a to point b mm-hmm. and there's no judging involved there's no judging necessary and so yes. you what i would like to see the sport move into so i i've i've thought about this a lot and mm-hmm. what i think what i think makes the really popular sports what they are and makes the less popular sports less popular mm-hmm. are three things as few constraints as possible, as objective as possible in outcomes, 
and as self-evident of a human expression as possible, meaning great proxy for this, as little equipment needed as possible. Mm-hmm. So you look at the most popular sports, 100 meter dash, mm-hmm. marathon, soccer, American Ninja Warrior, how much equipment yeah. is on each individual athlete? Well, the, Almost none. The 100 meter dash is the preeminent example of all of those things. And it's why Usain Bolt was probably probably the most famous athlete in the world for a while. He had done something that every human being in human history has tried to do, run really fast. And he'd been like the peak of that. So it's like, there's no equipment. You got shoes and you got a concrete surface, buddy. And turns out both of those are optional, actually. We could do the test without them. So, um, and yeah, that guy would still win. So like, I agree with you 100% that when you constrain the performance of the athletes, you you put up barriers between the fans and the athletes. So if you want to, and it's barriers both in terms of like understanding how excellent they are and it's barriers mm-hmm. in terms of understanding the sport, mm-hmm. right? Like you don't, you don't need a lot of understanding of the NBA or it's like, okay, the ball go in the hoop. Yes. And there's some, some rules about fouls, but it turns out every game you watch, they're calling more or less the same rules. You know, there's always a little leeway for the officials, but it's the same considerations every night. So fans quickly come to understand what those considerations are. And this is like, CrossFit is like, what, what's going to happen today? And that leads inexorably to um, what did the event organizers think of today? Which is, again, it's not about insulting the event organizers. It's insulting, criticizing the presence of the event organizers. Mm-hmm. Not that they're not good people. I think Boz is great. I love what he did at the games with the sandbag. Very creative. But why are we doing that? Mm-hmm. Why are like why are they? Hey, it's different tests this year. Yeah. Does anybody think like you know that like Michael Jordan wasn't the greatest basketball player? Well, he did the same thing every night. Well, yeah, that's the idea. <laughs> that's the idea. Yeah. So in the, in that example, there are set constraints. Yeah. And then the athlete is free to express themselves right. inside the constraints. Right. So, but they never change. If if you had the director of FIFA telling Messi how he needs to dribble, it, it would be it would make no sense. If you had you Adam Silver telling, today, Leo. Yeah. telling Steph yeah. how yeah. to you know if he was changing if he was out on the floor right right, right by right. getting on the floor and he's like into the microphone like oh we have another sandbag you know it, it's sandbags <laughs> this time you know it's not a well, little weightlifting. It's seriously it's like, there's there's no level of like the absurdity that we can take this to, but like Adam Silver walking out during the NBA playoffs and saying, there's three basketballs tonight. <laughs> like, right? Like, That's great. That's there's three so basketballs fantastic. Tonight, Imagination. And um, the, the goals are going to be 10 foot seven. So, <laughs> yeah. uh, all right. You know, like, and, and, and then yeah. the argument back, like I said, see the other side, the argument is like, well, real fitness means you're ready for any test. And that's, you get to the the core of this is like, is that a valid thing or not? So and, I, I think let's, let's be clear on yeah. like what we're criticizing and then yeah. what we propose, because mm-hmm. it's not enough to just criticize. You have to propose a better solution. Right, absolutely. So, absolutely. So what, and, and I won't speak for you, but my suggestion would be to have, and, and I have three has gotten at this a little bit where they have six mm-hmm. tests, every event yep. is six tests and they have. Yep. 
essentially a, a physiological dose response that they're eliciting mm -hmm. from mm -hmm. each test. Mm -hmm. And that, that might be a little too constraining for the community. So we have to be realistic in what we're suggesting because Absolutely. everyone, a lot of people love the, that it's unknown and, you know, it's announced three weeks prior or yeah. it's, it's like at the competition and you have to react. And, and we've, we've sort of found the outer limits of that, you know, chaos in 2019 where right. the right. athletes were doing it and they didn't even know the length of the race, which was, That's right. I think we all agree. That was absurd. The, the sure. ranch run at the, uh, Aromas Games in 2020, the mm -hmm. uh, you know Atlanta being announced right beforehand with the the work the workload management not being present. Um, right. You know, so right, right, right. so you know there's there's we could keep going on on the yeah. examples of that, yeah. but so we've sort of found the outer limits of like okay like that that kind of took it too far, you know. Um, but we need to have some sort of unknownness to it, and mm -hmm. I, what I, what I suggest is that you have the events don't have to be in a specific order that's one step that i have three took where the first event right. was always an endurance right. event so right. they they specified what order the events have to come in mm -hmm. um i think that's probably a little too constrained for for crossfit you know people interested in crossfit mm -hmm. um but yeah you know it's like we're gonna have a long aerobic event you know so so like this this event there's a long aerobic event but then there's an odd, odd object in the middle of it, you know, so how aerobic really is it? Right. Um, that's an right. example of like, wait, so like, are we doing the aerobic thing or are we like, do we have to be, yeah. aerobic? do we have to train for that? You know, like yeah. so as a coach who prepares athletes for these competitions, mm -hmm. it's just like, okay, well, like how aerobic do you have to be? Like, is what's the modality, you know, like, is it running? Like, is it, is it swimming? You know, <laughs> like, are we going to paddle this year? You know, right. Right, like, right, right. You know, yeah. So is it going to be, is it going to be the last event where only 10 athletes are going to be able to participate in it? Or is, are there going to be more points up for grabs, you know? So yeah. at stake, I should say. So, you know, there's, we, we like to compare CrossFit to UFC all the time. Mm -hmm. And I, I, you know, so a lot of people inside the space, look at the success of UFC and think there's a sport that threw off constraints, right. Yep. And became more popular than boxing, more popular than wrestling, more yep. popular than jujitsu. Yep. And to, to great benefit of the athletes and everyone. Absolutely. So, Absolutely. so we look at UFC and we think, okay, like how do we get there in 10 years? Yeah. And you look at what UFC did and they, they threw the constraints off of fighting. Yep. They said no gloves, right? Whatever <laughs> they said, works. They said octagon, right? They said, um, any style. Any no style. Coaching, right. Yeah. No eyes, no back of the head. No, uh, yeah, exactly. You know, so, like, so yeah. they actually, they actually took constraints and made them fewer. And the illusion right. of CrossFit is the same thing. It's saying any physical challenge, no constraints, but right. you have to squat this low. You right. have to sit before you climb the rope. You have right. to do this many reps. Those are all constraints telling the athlete how they have to express themselves. So yeah. whereas, you know, if you had obstacle course, American Ninja Warrior style, you had a, a marathon or like a really long aerobic event, you had... Right. Uh, a weightlifting event, you know, you had, and then you had some CrossFit stuff where you, but, you had individual events that were scored with a combination of all those elements, you know, and make it as few constraints as possible, as objective as possible, and as natural of an expression as possible. No, I, I'm, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm done now, I promise. No, it's okay. There's a lot here. And I think I would just want to add to that. 
if the tests or the style of tests were known in advance, it wouldn't make the athletes less impressive. It would make them more impressive. Does anybody look at Usain Bolt and go, he's not impressive, right? Like it's the simplest test in human history. And he's one of the most incredible human beings that the species has ever produced. And you don't need to give him 86 tests to prove that. One is enough. I think he does the relays too, so he does four. But you know what I'm saying. He doesn't need to be a discus thrower. to Like, it doesn't matter. He's fantastic. Okay. So if the tests were known, it wouldn't make the athletes less impressive. It wouldn't. It would be like, okay, it's still awesome that you completed all these tests so well. And then you say, well, it's just like a decathlon. It's just like this. It's not because CrossFit is its own series of tests and stressors. And, and the combination of movements and all that is what makes it unique, being able to do a lot of things tired to repeatedly recruit fast twitch muscle fibers in a way that no other sport asks you to do. And to be conditioned for that is extremely, extremely hard. That's what CrossFit does. And it's, it's, it's beautiful in a way. But the beauty of that story is not being told because we will devote a half hour podcast to are the events good or not? Mm hmm. There's no NBA podcast like his 10 feet, the right height for the goal. <laughs> should should the net have more hooks? You know what I'm saying? Like it doesn't, it doesn't happen. Like, should we do away with a double dribble and allow athletes to do it once? No, it doesn't. It, uh, there's some things about like, Oh, you like, it, is the gather step a travel or not? But then everybody kind mm -hmm. of decides that it's not. And we move on. Mm -hmm. It doesn't change the, the nature of the competition. So the same, we don't see that here. We see a lot of effort and energy going into, well, what are the events this year? How many times are you going to have that conversation? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, so that's the thing. And I'm, I'm, I want to just make the point that it doesn't invalidate the fitness methodology if the events or event styles were known in advance. It doesn't mm -hmm. invalidate it at all. Mm -hmm. At all. Nobody thinks like LeBron James is a crappy athlete because it's the same test every night. Mm -hmm. No one yeah. thinks that. No one yeah. thinks like the, the guys who play in the NFL are not are, are like, you know, they're not impressive because it's the same thing 17 times. Like, no, it's very impressive. It's yeah. very hard to do. And so is being an elite CrossFitter. Very hard to do. So yeah. I'm with you. I, I don't know if I'd go so far as to say standardize the tests, but I looked at every CrossFit event, 425 events ever programmed by headquarters, open regionals, games, semifinals, quarterfinals, 19 different tasks show up 65% of the time. So it's kind of happening anyway. So just drop the pretense of like, oh, the toes to bar, they're going to be there every time. But now they're between a bike thing and sandbags. I don't know. It just seems like so much energy goes into designing the sport that doesn't need to go there anymore. Mm. And that energy should be focused into like, let's see how good these athletes are at this stuff. Mm-hmm. Right. And that's, I think what, at least what I would like to see is like the more you focus on the athletes and the less you focus on the administration of the sport, the more successful the sport will be. It's like, you have a great example in the NBA right now, John Morant has legal problems. So now everybody has a take on what's the commissioner going to do. Meanwhile, the playoffs are happening and time's not being spent on the playoffs. So this is the playoffs of CrossFit and we're not talking about the athletes. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Right. So, yeah. Yeah. We're not talking about the athlete. The athletes are left, you know, to, oh, is this a good event for me? Is it, you know, <laughs> yes. yes. There's, is there's this a good test there. for me? Like, yeah. So this could be a 10 hour podcast, but I think we've made the point of like, it. it's the, for me, the point is 
the 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 focus on test design and constant changes around test design detracts from athlete expression and therefore harms or makes the sport less interesting. Yeah. It appeals to novelty. And when you've been inside of it for five years, 10 years, mm -hmm. yeah, you, you start to like get intimate with it and yeah, it's um, yeah. 